AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, there's still a few more days left to go for those Waste Management Phoenix Open tickets that are only available through the KDOS 1060 app. We have two general admission tickets for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get yourself eligible by downloading the KDOS 1060 app, registering, key component there so we can figure out who you are, and get yourself eligible in part of the listener rewards opportunities with those Waste Management Phoenix Open tickets. But it is Friday. It is February 2nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today. And Bob, as it is February 2nd, uh, guess what? Phil, he didn't see his shadow today, so that means we're predicting an early spring. Okay, so where did this lore start? Do you know? Uh, now you're going to make me Google uh, okay. where this lore. That's a great word. That might be the lore, the word of the day here. Uh, but I don't I'm, know I'm, the backstory can I, can behind I, it. I need to, okay, well, you look that up, and I'll just take the rest of the day off. How's that? Oh, okay. Uh, it probably <laughs> had something to do, uh, you know, I don't even want to. Uh, we'll get back to you. See what happens on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got the word of the day, and I've asked a good question, and I did it all in, like, less than like 30 seconds. Exactly. Um, we'll see how accurate he is as well. <laughs> see if this is any... Well, yeah. Well, anybody keep track of that? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it's well, like a scoreboard somewhere. <laughs> yes, a tally board. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, we'll get the answers to those pressing questions. We'll also get into our pressing poll questions for the day, and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. It involves the NBA, and uh, the question here is, are you watching fewer NBA games because of the frequent games missed by elite players? And the masses are out in front, continuing here to the tune of 71% of the vote on the yes side of things, no trailing at 29%. You know, I'm pretty sure, uh, kind of like Phil, uh, that I'm, I'm pretty sure on an annual basis this is some shape or form of a question. It seemed like last year, right about this time, uh, we asked a similar question, and that had a lot of, uh, in fact, I think it was completely inspired last year by all the games that Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George missed. But it was inspired specifically yesterday because in the, the final hour of the bottom line, uh, during the noon hour here, you know, we were alerted that you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, neither were going to play last night uh, for the Lakers in the nationally televised, much-hyped game against Boston. And then they didn't play, and the Lakers won the game anyway. <laughs> so, uh, I'm so Austin Reeves is the man, the guy that they don't want to trade and is untradeable. I guess that he showed why he's untradeable. 
Yeah, we'll get into a little bit about that here moving forward, but there's got to be something to it that uh, maybe the teams themselves see that the star players aren't playing and a little bit of letdown on the other side because uh, this is happening a couple of different times in these certain scenarios. More than a couple. You read the list yesterday or you know, a partial list when you were driving in yesterday morning. I think it's when you heard the all the guys that weren't expected to play in games last night. And I don't even know if LeBron and Davis were on that list at that point that they may not play. And there was at least some speculation yesterday that those two guys didn't play last night because they're trying to you know, get their coaching staff fired. At that early hour, yes, they were not on the list. They were still expected to play at that point in time. Uh, we'll get into the NBA here momentarily, start things off with the Suns. But uh, mentioning the ex-poll question at KDOS AM 1060, will Kansas suffer a rare home court loss on Saturday versus Houston, no leading the way at 75% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 25%. And Bob did catch up with Matt Tate from R1S1Sports.com for all things Kansas hoops, as well as an overview of the Big 12 college basketball. If you missed it, podcast it over at KDOS1060.com. But right now, the masses are on the no side of things. Yeah, um, this is one of many college basketball games. This, this is uh, you know going to be the best weekend so far or the best couple of days of college basketball this season. Uh, I don't think it's going to be surpassed when you have four top ten matchups in a two-day span. You can all do the math. Uh, that that's, I think, a rarity, and I don't have uh, – I apologize. I do not have the – you know how often this has happened or if it's happened previously – uh, but uh, starting tomorrow at like 10 a.m., uh, we're talking. Uh, yeah, and there's other time, you know, non-top 10 games that I'm also interested in watching tomorrow. Uh, so I'm looking, and, and Sunday is one of these games too. Uh, so this this should be a fun college basketball weekend. Yes, and we will dive into those games here in hour number one. We'll take your calls today around 1130 if you'd like to chime in, 602-260-1060. We're making room at 1215 for Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network for some preliminary discussion on the Super Bowl. You know, with the Super Bowl, there are a 100 million different ways you can go in terms of sports prop bets and things of that nature. So we'll try to dissect some of those things and maybe with trends and these two teams and see where we land and we'll get back into it again uh next friday as well but it, it being friday it's friday spread by von hansen's meats and spirits and come with your play for the big game so we'll have two weeks to prep for that but make sure you come with your play when you are today's 100 gift certificate winner we got to keep the season rolling as we're sitting at 14 and 6 but we'll have that 100 gift certificate a little bit later on in the show the weekend specials over at von hansen's meats and spirits certified angus beef choice Grill steaks at $12.99 a pound, prime boneless butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound, eight ounce chicken skewers, rosemary or butcher's blend at two for $10. That's at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler, or visit them online at vonhansensmeats.net. Uh, quickly here, I need more time to figure out the lore of Groundhog Day <laughs> here, but I do know this part. 
that you got uh, like two hours. <laughs> oh, perfect. I do know that between 2013 and 2023, uh, Phil here saw his shadow seven times, and of those seven, he was correct only once. So he's not doing so Ooh. well here in the last decade. Uh, hopefully, people don't go after Phil at that point. <laughs> people get angry about these things. That is true, but they have records uh, apparently from. 1887 to 2023, Phil Whoa. has seen his shadow 107 times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's impressive. So <laughs> I think that is that impressive. I don't know what's impressive and what's not impressive. This whole thing is confusing to me. <laughs> and it's it's funny. Um, yeah, I used to joke about Groundhog Day when I was living in Prescott so much so that uh uh, on Groundhog Day one year, a couple of uh, friends of mine got me this. Uh, I can't exactly describe on radio, and I, even if I, you know, I couldn't. You know, it was somewhat lewd. <laughs> so, but they gave, they they came up with this. You know, whatever. But you can get you can guess yourself, folks. But uh, it was quite funny, and I that was literally. Like in 1986 or 87 when that happened, I remember like they they actually was, I was working at the newspaper in Prescott then, and they, I got called to the front of the building there, like, you know, Bob Kemp, you know, guest or something in the front or whatever, and I'm going, what is this about? And uh, they had a photographer there ready just to further <laughs> embarrass me. So that was, uh, yeah, I'd like to you know, thank Robin and, and Brandy for, uh, you know, embarrassing me there. And uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I actually still talk to Robin. I haven't seen Brandy in 100 years. Uh, but I'm sure that on this day, they at least think of me. They better. <laughs> and, la and, and laugh. <laughs> yeah. That, that laugh is a fantastic at, little prank they pulled. Yeah, laugh at me and laugh about me. Yeah. Well, for some reason, it is unknown, but Phil, he skipped his appearance back in 1943, so that, that year didn't <laughs> count, apparently. Okay. All well. right. We'll get more on Phil later on, but uh, we'll transition here into the Phoenix Suns as they are in Atlanta this evening. The Hawks are winners of two straight. Trey Young, 42 games, 36.2 minutes per game, 27 points per game, 2.9 rebounds and 10.9 assists for him. DeJounte Murray, 46 games, 34.8 minutes, 21.5 points per game, five rebounds and 5.2 assists. The Suns, mm -hmm. they're coming in as winners of two straight as well. And for Devin Booker, the announcement yesterday that the NBA coaches uh, selected him as a reserve in the 2024 NBA All-Star Game. His stats on the season, 39 games, 36.2 minutes, 28.3 points per game, which is ranked sixth in the NBA. He's shooting 50.2% uh, from the floor, which is 37th in the NBA, 38.8% from three. This could be a tricky game for the Suns tonight because amongst their many weaknesses so far this season, and I think maybe their biggest weakness is that they are absolutely horrendous. They just aren't physically capable of taking, uh, you know, keeping point guards and you know, anybody that can bounce the ball and get to the rim. They are horrendous at keeping those guys out of the paint. And both of those guys, Young and Murray, excel at that. Uh, and, you know, Murray here, he's also been rumored in some uh, trades, potentially trying to figure out a way to get him to the Lakers. We'll talk a little bit about some predictions and trades here momentarily. But 
First, getting back to the NBA All-Star and the reserves named yesterday, uh, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards for the West. Over in the East, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Paolo Bencaro, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, and Bam Adebayo. And I know that... Sometimes uh, we don't take these all-star appearances so seriously, and sometimes uh, it's kind of a political contest at, at times as well. But the emotion, sometimes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but the emotion that Jalen Brunson had yesterday after yeah. finding out that he was named to the all-star team, I think, signifies just somebody who has. Uh, continued to elevate his game, is a great player. The Knicks are playing really well. They're sitting there in the East uh, with a lot left to really play for after the regular season, and he's a huge reason why. I actually saw a case for him to be the NBA MVP this morning on ESPN, and they made a good case. Uh, you know, I thought he was going to be really good. Uh, when he be, even remember they played that playoff series the uh, the the uh, Suns did against the Mavericks, and we we all knew then he was going to become a free agent and he wasn't going to stay. He was going to get big money somewhere, and I thought he'd be a good player, a really good player somewhere else. I never imagined that he'd be this good. I uh, to that point I thought he was I was maybe the biggest fan that he had out like west of Philadelphia. Uh, he obviously played at Villanova and so forth, but he has been tremendous. And obviously had 50 against the Suns. Talk about point guards that can get to the paint. He had 50 this year against the Suns in the one game that they played here. Uh, and, you know, actually a lot of that was he made he couldn't miss any three. He, he made like nine three-pointers in addition to whenever he wasn't shooting threes, getting to the point, uh, the paint, and getting to the rim whenever he wanted. Uh, but he's really uh, – He's turned into a far better player than even I imagined, and I thought very highly of him from the start. You did, uh, and you were spot on with that one. Um, so kudos to him and where the Knicks are currently. Uh, the, getting back to the Suns here momentarily, uh, their game against the Hawks is 5.30 p.m. on 3TV. We had talked a little bit about it here with the the big elite players not playing and how that's impacting your NBA viewing. Um, and then leading into this, yesterday's contest between the Lakers and the Celtics, the Lakers not having LeBron James, not having Anthony Davis here, and it goes out and it ends up being a disappointment for the Celtics because they lose 114 to 105, and the Celtics, this is just their third home loss of the season. Austin Reeves was 10 of 18, 32 points. Your man, D'Angelo Russell, uh, 16 points, <laughs> 5 of 20, though, from the floor with 14 assists. He, he took 20 shots in one game? Really? Yes. What a shock. <laughs> uh, the Celt- Means he must have been on the floor for like 20 minutes. I would think so. Uh, the yeah. Celtics, though, they, as I mentioned, just their third home loss of the season, and it wasn't a great night for Jason Tatum, 23 points, 8 of 21. Jalen Brown, 8 points, 4 of 12. And uh, – <sighs> It's just kind of interesting, and I don't know if this is a mental letdown, though, for the team like the Celtics to look past it because all of a sudden this marquee matchup doesn't have the same billing that it did prior to coming in. Uh, But I just, I guess it's just a little bit of human subconscious nature to have that little bit of a letdown. 
Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I believe all three of those home losses have been in the last two weeks. Uh, so maybe even the last 10 days or so. Because uh, they were the last, and yeah, they were undefeated at home. And I remember there was a comparison that, you know, the Larry Bird, uh, when he was there one year, they were 40 and one at home. Uh, and lost, I believe, to Portland that one year, if I remember correctly, back in the 80s and, uh, and so forth. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt that there's some kind of, has to be some kind of natural, natural letdown when, you know, the two studs from the opponent are not even going to play. And you know about it six or seven hours before the game starts. We'll get into a little bit about the NBA trade deadline on the other side of the break as that's fast approaching February 8th and inspired Next by Thursday. Yes, inspired by the Rockets making a move uh, with Steven Adams joining their team. So we'll get into that on the other side of the break. But I do want to make mention of this here. European weather lore details using a badger to predict the weather during the midwinter holidays. When the Germans came to America and settled in Pennsylvania, they brought along the tradition, but they didn't bring the badger. So they began using a groundhog as a replacement. As time went on, the editor of the Poughkeepsie Spirit newspaper then formalized it into Groundhog Day. Well, I've actually been to Poughkeepsie before. So, but I think Poughkeepsie, New York, right? That where I, you know, whatever. I've been to a Poughkeepsie somewhere. NBA trades on the other side of the break. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. KDUS AM 1060. It is Friday. It is February 2nd. Bob Kemp, Caleb Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. So with the NBA trade deadline fast approaching February 8th, the Houston Rockets have already made a deal. They have acquired uh, Stephen Adams for Victor Oladipo and three second-round picks. The Rockets sitting at 22 and 25, but uh, with Ime Yudoko, uh, it does seem like they are poised to make some some strides here. Oh, yeah, they definitely have uh, this year. They had all these first-round picks uh, that they've accumulated in the last couple of years, and uh, really, if they kept all those picks, they wouldn't be able to pay all those guys if they actually stayed around for a while. Uh, so much like Oklahoma City, who I assume – is going to uh, you know, trade some of their you know, many first-round picks over the next few years uh, before the trade deadline next Thursday. Uh, you know, I think that uh, you know if they want to uh, make some noise in the postseason, uh, you know, getting veteran players uh, for draft picks that you're never going to be able to use is the right way to go. Uh, and poor Victor Oladipo. I mean, he's just been used in trades left and right here for the last several years. Well, that's far largely because he, unfortunately, has just had so many injuries. That he's not the player he once was. I mean, he got hurt twice, if I remember correctly, when he was still at IU in Indiana. And uh, he's had multiple leg injuries uh, in the NBA. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's still got some skills, obviously. 
Uh, but you know, he's just, uh, it, it, if you watched him in his heyday at IU uh, and uh, you know, watch him in the NBA, it's unfortunate that he's not the player and the, has the athleticism that he used to have. So with the NBA trade deadline approaching here, NBA predictions of the trade deadline from Zach Buckley of Bleacher Report. He has five here. Uh, number one for him on predictions is that the Warriors trade a core player. You did have Sham Sharania of, uh, I mean, goodness, I think he's of the athletic and stadium and maybe even FanDuel of many different places uh, speaking about this and saying that everyone is on the table except for Steph Curry. So you'd likely have to think that guys like Andrew Wiggins, uh, maybe even Chris Paul, maybe even Clay Thompson could potentially be on the block here because it's just not working right now uh, for the Warriors. Yeah, I would think that's possible. Um, and I'm not really sure what the market is for some of their core guys or some of their former core guys. I guess you can't be – I guess they're still core guys. They're just not you know, championship core guys because they're not anywhere near a championship. In fact, I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would expect them to try to do something, even though it seems as if there's been some reports out of uh, you know San Francisco here the last couple of days that they really don't expect to do much or anything. The Mavs reuniting with Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, he's a perfect 3 and yeah. D guy, spaces the floor well, and Luca likes playing with him. Well, and I loved him when he was at the University of Florida. Uh, unfortunately, he's one of several players that are on the Nets roster that didn't play against the Suns earlier this week because of injury. So the trade deadline's in less than a week, and he's uh, missed some games here lately because of injury. So I don't know what that does to his value. But he's a good player. He's a, I should rephrase that. He's a valuable player on a good team because he can guard, he can shoot some threes occasionally, but mainly the fact that he can play some defense. And Dallas makes perfect sense because you know, if he goes to Dallas, he might be he immediately becomes their best defender. Uh, and that's, uh, I say, without hesitation because I'm not sure who their second best defender is at that point. Uh, for him, the Kings somehow get Alex Caruso uh, willing to – they would have to be willing to give up multiple, I think, first-round picks in order to get him. Alex would bring great defensive effort and just enough offense because he doesn't need to bring a ton of offense to this Kings team. Yeah, I was talking about Jalen Brunson earlier. I thought when Alex Caruso was in college at A&M that he'd be a good player in the NBA. I thought he'd be a role player. He's become a much better player. He's not as good as Brunson, obviously, but he's become a much better player than I thought he would be other than just basically being a, a, a pain in the ass at the defensive end of the floor because he gets in your face. And I, he, has, he likes to get in your face. <laughs> so, uh, But, yeah, the Kings, much like uh, yeah, Houston and Oklahoma City, uh, they've got some first-round pick capital, and why keep it? I mean, they're they're not even you know, if they use those picks, they're going to be late first-round picks now, or you know, in the twenties. Uh, and uh, you know, you, you, if you kept them all, you wouldn't be able to pay them all. Uh, so you know, trade away. So the Caruso that that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, obviously they play a really uh, up-tempo style. Um, I don't think that's going to change the, their tempo, but hit the, they can maybe get an occasional stop, which they seem to have a problem with. They certainly had a problem with that when they lost 
the last two games of the series in the playoffs last year against the Warriors. We've seen him play the Suns a couple times this year, including the Suns' massive fourth-quarter comeback a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, Caruso would uh, certainly help uh, prevent ty- those type of things in the future. So that, that seems to be a perfect fit. Uh, then you have the 76ers bringing in Bogdan Bogdanovich. He has here that it would obviously be dependent upon Joel Embiid's knee injury situation. And while we know that it's something meniscus related, we really don't know the severity of of it and if it's going to sideline him for more than a weekend or if it's going to require surgery. So that's a little bit up in the air here in terms of Embiid's status. But Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich is averaging 3.1 shots per night from behind the arc in t- as well as 17.1 points per game. He likes to jack it up uh, for sure. Uh, is that We talked about this yesterday in the poll question and my explanation was I actually – think the Sixers should just bag it and uh, yeah, keep Embiid. I know there's uh, some people who believe they should just trade Embiid this summer and completely start over, but I think they actually should keep him and then start over with try to trade everybody else or you know let them go if their contracts expire at the end of the year. Uh, I don't see how any trade the Sixers can make at this point this season is going to help them when they get to the playoffs. And finally here, and I've definitely seen this circling around in many places, DeJounte Murray on the move, and somehow the Lakers would be getting DeJounte Murray. Since winning the in-season tournament, the Lakers are 10-16, and 16, uh, but you would need to find a third team to get involved in order to make this happen and, and take D'Angelo Russell. Well, the other thing is the Lakers can only use one first-round draft pick in a trade before June. Uh, because of the league rules and so forth, uh, the other you know you mentioned a third team that would be definitely a solution. However, how many teams in the NBA want to help the Lakers in a three-team trade? Just they don't want to deal with the Lakers situation or help them or what? I don't think there's many teams that would be likely to do that. Even the really that would have to be most likely it'd be a really bad team anyway. That's the way that that would work. Mostly, you know, almost for sure, that was the way that that would work. But I'm sure, I'm guessing there are a lot of teams that would even want to deal with something to do with that, with the since the Lakers are involved in that. We have uh, four matchups this Saturday and Sunday between top ten ranked teams in college hoops. We will dissect those on the other side of the break. As a reminder, the weekend specials over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, certified Angus Beef Choice Grill Steaks at $12.99 a pound, prime boneless butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound, and eight-ounce chicken skewers rosemary or butcher's blend at two for $10. It's over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. The $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's, plus your play for the big game ahead uh, we'll look ahead to that contest here. So uh, come with that in mind when you are today's $100 gift certificate winner to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. But we'll dive into college hoops on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060.
need social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point on this Friday, February 2nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until... One o'clock today, as we typically do, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A spectacular college hoops weekend ahead. Four matchups between top ten teams on the docket. And getting things started on Saturday afternoon here is number four, Houston, traveling to number eight, Kansas. That'll be a Saturday 2 p.m. on ESPN contest. So first of all, we have Houston's defense. Uh, they're first in adjusted defensive efficiency, so they continue to bring the defense that Kelvin Sampson is known for with his Houston squads. Houston ranks sixth nationally in offensive rebounding percentage, and they're number one in Big 12 play. They're being led by LJ Cryer, 15.1 points per game, 40% from the floor, 37.8% from three. Jamal Shedd, 20 or excuse me, 12.3 points per game, 45.5% from the floor and 35.6 from behind the arc. Then you have for Kansas here that they have not yet lost all season at home at Allen Fieldhouse. Kevin McCuller Jr., uh, if you had... Bob had on Matt Tate from R1S1Sports.com in the Sports Zone. He thinks that Kevin McCuller will uh, make it a go for this contest, but he's leading the way with uh, 19.8 points per game, 46.9% from the floor, and 35.6% from three. And, of course, Kansas has that transfer. Hunter Di- Hunter Dickinson, 18.7 points per game for him. Yeah, we're we're gonna answer this question right in the next segment, next hour in the one of our poll questions: Who wins this game? So I'll just kind of uh, give some general stuff here. Uh, you know, Houston is basically number one in every metric there is, um, and I think the eye test and the metrics are pretty pretty close. Uh, you can you can see it, and there's as we've mentioned a few times uh, this week, we've talked a lot of college basketball this week, and. At least I certainly have because I'm trying to avoid the the Super Bowl as much as humanly possible this week. Uh, but uh, there's no stud number one elite team in college basketball this year, and Houston is really good though, and uh, they're one of the uh, you know really good teams for sure. Uh, you mentioned some of the things that you know, the, it seems like they get a hundred percent of their missed shots on offense. It's their offensive rebounding is just insane which has been good for several years running. And it's not just the big guys. They have guards. You mentioned the guards, and I'll throw in Sharp, too. Uh, you know, Shed, Cryer, and Sharp. That is the best backcourt trio uh, that we've seen on defense for sure. In fact, I go back to the Anderson Hunt, Stacy Ogman, and Greg Anthony days in Las Vegas when UNLV is winning the national championship in 1990. And uh, the big overwhelming favorite in 91, and they lost that game to Duke and Bobby Hurley uh, in 91. Uh, but, you know, they're the best defensive backcourt in, uh, you know, just all-around backcourt that I think I've seen in college basketball since that UNLV group in 90 and 91. They are tremendous. Uh, they're always good on defense. Uh, with Calvin Sampson, that's his deal. Uh, they play their butts off, uh, and and they kind of have to because they don't shoot great, 
Uh, but the fact that they get seemingly every offensive rebound, that's, you know, when that, that's a good thing. The one thing that I think could be an issue, I assume, if they lose in the NCAA tournament, and uh, let's just say they do, when they lose in the NCAA tournament, I guess uh, most likely it's going to be because of some inconsistent perimeter shooting from those three guards I just talked about. But, uh, you know, that that's kind of their weakness, and that's something to pay attention to tomorrow. And really in any Houston game that you watch against a decent opponent, uh, if it's a close game, I'm guessing that they probably didn't shoot great from three. Number seven, Duke at number three, UNC. It is the 49th meeting between these two when both of them are ranked inside the top 10. Pretty spectacular. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I think I've seen every one of them. <laughs> so, seemingly. Uh, even though Duke was uh, really good, and Duke and Carolina were good before even I was a born. I was even, you know, before I was born in 1957. I remember Carolina. Uh, coming into Columbus when I was seven or eight years old. And uh, Ohio State had been to the Final Four three years in the 60s already at that point. And uh, they came in and just destroyed Ohio State in Columbus. Uh, and uh, that's the first my, the first touch I ever had of North Carolina basketball. And Duke had already gone to the Final Four at least one year uh, in the early 60s. So they've been really good for a long time. Carolina, obviously. Uh, these are the two best teams in a conference which has unfortunately faded significantly in depth the last couple of years. But uh, this is the best rivalry in college basketball. I don't even know what would be number two. Uh, this is the best. And uh, usually they uh, even when they have years which occasionally has happened, when one team seems to be you know, much better than the other, they seem to have epic games anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't think there's that big of a margin this year. I think Carolina's a good team. I think that Duke's a pretty good team, but uh, I think Carolina's better than Duke. I would expect Carolina to win this game by five or more points tomorrow. But, uh, you know, once again, they've had some epic clashes over the years. Uh, you know, the games in uh, Chapel Hill in the Dean Dome where the crowd doesn't always get into the game. Uh, wine and cheese crowd I've heard described over the years, but uh, they get pretty fired up. In fact, they get extremely fired up when Duke is there. It's a Saturday 4.30 p.m. game on ESPN. Duke shoots the three at more than 40% uh, from behind the arc as a team. Meanwhile, UNC has held ACC opponents to less than 27% from behind the Ooh. arc. UNC yeah, Sorry, go ahead. UNC, UNC, I'm sorry. I apologize. But UNC's defense is so much better this year than it has been the last two or three years. That's their biggest area of improvement. Uh, unfortunately, it's hard. It's been difficult to get a read on Duke this year because they played very few games uh, with their starting five intact. And because of that, they started the season five and three. Uh, and they've obviously gotten much better since then. When they have their top five guys out there, they're one of the best starting fives in college basketball. And some of those guys uh, remember the name Jeremy Roach a lot from uh, yeah. March Madness games prior. 13.9 points per game for him. Tyrese Proctor, 11.2 points per game. But he's probably one that you've definitely singled out that when he's back and healthy, uh, he really helps that Duke offense. And I'll throw in Roach. He has a 5-1 to one turnover or assist-to-turnover assist ratio on the positive side there which is insane for somebody that has the ball as much as he does. 
And then on the UNC side of things, you have R.J. Davis at 21.5 points per game. And uh, don't forget Armando ba- Baycott. He's back for the Tar Heels. He's had a down season for him, though. Um, yeah, R.J. Davis is lead, leads the ACC in scoring. And he's, uh, he's not shooting as much as Caleb Love did when Caleb Love was at Carolina the last couple years. Uh, but Baycott is... Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest questions, I'm sure they're going to cover this during the game, and this is a college game day thing tomorrow, uh, not surprisingly, and I don't blame ESPN for that. I assume when they play at Duke, uh, which is usually in the first month of uh, first week of March or second week, the last week of the regular season, I assume college game day will be at Duke for that game. Uh, they're at Carolina tomorrow. I would assume one of their top t- uh, discussion points uh, tomorrow uh, throughout their massive, like, you know, I'm sure, actually, I assume that probably starts this afternoon if they do it like they do football as far as games goes. I would think that, yeah, you know, why is Baycott, his numbers are significantly down uh, from the last couple of years. Uh, he's not even a candidate to be an a- the ACC player of the year, not even a candidate for that award. We'll get into the number five, Tennessee, and number 10, Kentucky, number six, Wisconsin, and number two, Purdue matchups on the other side of the break. We'll also chime in about ASU and U of A from last night. That's all happening on the other side of the break as we wrap up our number one of the extra point on this Friday. February 2nd, we still have the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits on the line. When you are today's winner, make sure you're coming with your uh, big game play. We'll, uh, we'll extend it to two weeks out. We'll also be making room at 1215 today for Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network for an early look at uh, the, some of the Super Bowl props. There are plenty already out there, and I'm sure there's plenty more to come. So all of that is still yet to happen here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. The WM Phoenix Open is coming next week. I've seen actually that Saturday is already sold out. So your last chance to get Saturday tickets is by entering the KDOS 1060 app, uh, downloading it, registering it, and following along with the listener rewards as we have GA tickets for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday uh, for the tournament next week. Continuing our college hoops conversation, number five, Tennessee is at number 10, Kentucky. That game is Saturday, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. And uh, you have this transfer from northern Colorado for the Tennessee Volunteers that is just lighting it up. 20.1 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 48.8% shooting from the floor, and 40% from behind the arc. Meanwhile, Kentucky is ranked 8th in SEC play in defensive efficiency and have given up at least 85 points 
four games of their eight so far in the SEC contest. Yeah, Dalton Connect is the guy that you mentioned. He's the transfer, and a uh, case can be made, a pretty easy case can be made, that if we're going to vote for uh, a national college player of the year, Zach Eady's going to win it, but you can make a pretty good case that Dalton Connect should be second, at least as of right now. Uh, yeah, he was uh, known for his scoring at uh, Northern Colorado, but he's been a scoring machine at Tennessee, uh, a program that has needed scoring for a long time. Uh, Tennessee, as far as a team goes, are still excellent defensively. Uh, that's always been the case under Rick Barnes, and actually it was, it's been the case even before Rick Barnes. So this has been like 30 years right? they've been good defensively. I've always kind of wondered if they can score enough, and there's been a couple years I got duped into them in the NCAA tournament in the last uh, four or five years, and that was a bad idea by me, <laughs> and they've lost uh, much earlier than anticipated. Uh, but, you know, the fact that Connect gives them an offensive threat, I still think that they have, uh, how can we describe this, high floor and low ceiling. I got that right? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, you know the, it's it, – it, I only know. It, I think we kind of know what they are as far as uh, you know the the bottom part of things. Uh, you know, uh, if they make shots when it matters, which they've rarely done in the past, you know they could make a deep run in the NCAA tournament this year. I'm almost for sure not going to bet on it because I've been duped before, and uh, you know it doesn't mean uh, maybe they can turn it around, but I'm not going to get duped again. As far as Kentucky. They've got all these young guys, but they haven't done this before. Then this is just a terrible defensive team, which is sad because this might be the best three-point shooting team, or let's put it this way. They might have more good three-point shooters on the roster than Calipari has ever had. But this is also the worst defensive team by far that I can ever remember him having anywhere, whether it was – you know, UMass or whether it was Memphis or whether it was the New Jersey Nets or whether it's Kentucky, they can't guard anybody. In fact, you mentioned some of those numbers. I'll throw in another one. They actually, at one point this season, allowed 77 or more points in six straight games, which is like really hard to do in college basketball. The, the game's only 40 minutes, and that, that's a ton of points. Uh, I have no idea why they're this bad defensively. Number six, Wisconsin at number two, Purdue. This is a Sunday, 11 a.m. on CBS, and obviously everyone knows about Purdue. Zach Eady, 23 points per game, 11.4 rebounds, 2.3 blocks, 63% field goal percentage. Um, then when you flip this on over to Wisconsin's side of things, they are last in the Big Ten in possessions per game, so they really want to control pace and slow things down. Uh, however, in terms of efficiency and effective field goal percentage, Wisconsin is first in the Big Ten. This has been going on for many years through obviously Bo Ryan and you know now uh, you know I've gone completely blank and forgot their new coach who was an assistant for Bo Ryan. Uh, but uh, this is kind of their style. Even though I will say I actually think this Wisconsin team and I know they lost last night in Nebraska and blew like a double-digit lead and lost that game. But this is I think offensively. They have more talented players than they've had in the past. Usually they've had one or two guys that can maybe you know, generate some offense if they have to. 
they've got four or five guys. I'm not exaggerating. They have like four or five guys that can actually do that at some point this season uh, in a game. Uh, so that's a good thing there. Um, they're still good defensively. I actually think they're going to win this game at home against Purdue tomorrow. I was actually sort of happy. Uh, maybe happy is not the right word, but uh, you know, it, it's not a bad thing to me that they lost the game uh, at Nebraska yesterday. Uh, like the you know they're a good team and a you know, bounce back situation. I'm still not completely convinced about Purdue, even though I definitely will admit, uh, you know, happily admit it, uh, that they're a better team than they have been when they've been a number one seed and lost early in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, last year in the first round of Fairleigh Dickinson uh, was one of the biggest upsets in the history of the tournament. Uh, but uh, they're better. They've they've added more personnel. They've got guards, a couple of guards that can defend now. Uh, they make three-point shots. They're an excellent passing team. Yeah, Edie obviously, you know, being such a you know seven-four you know, presence inside, they do a tremendous job of spacing and taking advantage of that outside shooting. We'll get briefly into ASU and U of A to start our number two. We'll also touch on some of the. NFL coaching updates and then we'll get ourselves ready for Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network around 12:15 for an early look at the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the 49ers. All of that still to come in hour number 2 plus the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay them a visit 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler or vonhansensmeats.net. Hour two of the extra point on this Friday, February 2nd is next.